Hello, and welcome to Avio's Journey. My name is Anthony, and I am your host. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about a fantastic topic. I'm going to be talking about where to start as a voiceover artist. It's probably one of the most difficult things for someone who's never been in voiceover to look around the internet, see all the videos, see everybody talking about uh, what you should do or what they think you should do or how they started their personal journey. And it can be really daunting and confusing. So tonight on this episode, episode number 70, you guys, 70 of the podcast. I can't believe it's 70. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But 70 of the podcast, we're going to be talking about back in the beginning, how to get started, where to get started in voiceover. All right, let's do it. This is VO's Journey. With your host, the incomparable Anthony Pika. All right, so this is the part of the podcast where I go to iTunes and check out and see if there are any reviews. And tonight there is. I'm so excited. So I read that review. And this one comes from, and and I think this is the name, uh, it's Too Rich Texan. I think so. Too Rich Texan because it's Too Rich and then TX and then a little N. So I'm going to say Too Rich Texan. All right. So Too Rich says, the title says it all. Anthony provides us new and up and coming voiceover artists with the information we need to improve our bottom lines. Always a great investment of time listening to his podcast. Thank you so much, Too Rich. I really appreciate that. It really, again, as always, means the world to me. Thank you, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And remember, if you want to get a shout-out and your review read here on the podcast, please go to iTunes and fill that out. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so I'm super excited to be talking about this topic because I think that you know one of the challenges we run into a lot as voiceover artists, especially when we're just starting out, is trying to figure out exactly what path to take. Because let's be honest, I mean, there are so many different things in voiceover that you can do. And when you first start out, you might not even know what it is that you're going to do. Because I think as you pull uh, you know, pull back the curtain, you find out that there's so many different genres within voiceover that it's not just one. There's so many. So you could do... Uh, all sorts of things. And I think just starting out, it can be daunting. Um, I know when I first started out, it was one of those things where I had no idea where to start. I do think that we do come into it with an idea of something that we want to do. I know for me, when I first started, all I wanted to do was be a character actor. That was my thing. I love doing characters. I love entertaining that way. And it was that was going to be my tract. I, I was going to be a character actor, work for um, a big you know video game company or something like that, and an animation company, and do a bunch of voices and have a blast. And you know, I didn't know, I didn't have any clue how to even begin to look into you know that sort of business and finding those those customers, you know, those clients. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I should just send emails to big businesses <laughs> like, you know, Marvel and all these different places. Right. Um, you know, and, and Blizzard and all these places that use voices. You know, of course, I never received anything back. 
because I had nothing. I don't even think I had a character demo. I think I had some samples. But, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and it wasn't so much more that I didn't know how to act or how to do voices. It was more so that I wasn't sure how the business of voiceover worked. And I think for starting out, that's the biggest learning curve besides learning your DAW and things like that. But, you know, learning how to get business as a, as a, someone who's starting out as a freelancer is hard. Now, if you live in LA or you live in New York, there are many, many, many talent agents there who, you know, hold a lot of the keys to those big, you know, big companies and big auditions. But, you know, more and more now we as freelancers uh, and, you know, our own business owners, we are having access to the same companies. They're searching for us on the pay to play sites and some of these freelance sites. So, you know, the opportunities are coming to us more and more. But as a beginner, you might not even know where to even go to what site you go to. Furthermore, I know when I first started out, I mean, I guess the, the first things you got to think about when you first start out is where do I even record at? You know what I mean? I mean, where do I, what do I record with? What do I record at? I mean, I know I need a mic, right? Everybody needs a mic to do voiceover. So I know I need something like that, but where, how, how do I actually set up a space that's going to sound good, you know, and, and do I need an expensive mic? You know, Anthony says he's got all this expensive stuff. You know, do I need all that stuff to be successful? And, and, and my house is unique. You know, I mean, I think I, when I think back of where I started and where I used to live, you know, it was, I, and, and by the way, I don't know what I was thinking because I literally set up in a room where there was two open entryways, no closed doors, hardwood floor, right next to a refrigerator that ran all night long, right? Like it was filling up water, like on auto fill constantly. So I could never filter out the noise. It was oh, it was a mess. Now, I don't know why I set it up there. And I think the reason I did was because I lived in a very small home at the time. And all my family, my kids and my wife, they all slept upstairs. And there was no extra room upstairs to do anything, you know, where I could go to a place. We didn't have a big closet or anything like that. So I couldn't go somewhere and actually record quietly. So I had to record downstairs. And the only place I could really record was where I had my computer. And we only had three rooms. We had the 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 office space, they had the kitchen and then the the living space downstairs. And uh you know, it it was it was something else. So what I decided to do was I built a it was it was like a 4 by 6 PVC pipe uh booth. So it was 4 feet by 6 feet and it was about mm, 6 feet tall. And I literally went to Lowe's and I got PVC pipe and I got joint fitters, you know, PVC joint fitters and I I measured it all out. I got a little hand hacksaw and I I cut it all and then I I put it together and then I got packing blankets from Lowe's, you know, those blue packing blankets with some different uh clamps. And literally that's how I started with my space. And looking back on it, it actually wasn't too bad. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I mean, again, so just so you know, when you treat something and you set up something like that, like I just uh, said, it does not stop the sound. It just stops the reverb or it deadens the sound. Do you know what I mean? It stops the bounce off the walls, but it doesn't stop noise. Okay. So like the volume of extra noise, it doesn't stop that. It just stops the extra bouncing around of the sound waves. So, you know, I could never filter out the noise. So all of my work seemed always seemed over processed. 
So just starting out, I think the very the biggest thing that you can do, I mean the absolute most important thing that you can do just starting out, okay, just starting out, uh, is to find a space that is going to give you the most quiet, uh, quiet background noise that you can, and also find a space that you can make it dead as possible. Closets are really nice because you know they the clothing that you have in closets are amazing. I mean, if you think about the layers of of material from clothes, you know, I mean, you, they, they they just the sound waves have nowhere to go. I mean, they just get absorbed, and it's like you know what it's like. It's like um, why PVC pipe is so strong, okay? And it's how they make like plywood, and why plywood we use for subfloors and stuff because it layers the wood one on top of the other. I mean, you think of clothes, one layer of clothes after after another. I mean, it's really nice. So you get really nice, great sound, dead sound with a whole bunch of clothes in a closet, uh, and usually it's already enclosed, so it's not very loud. So closets are nice, but not a, not everybody always has a big enough closet. So, you know, that's something to think about. The very first thing is to figure out your space, where you are going to record, you know, um, not only where you're going to record or how you are going to record on. It was really cool tonight. I was working with um, a student and or today, earlier today, and uh, I was coaching a student and they literally uh, was re- recording everything into an iPad. And I thought that was actually the really the coolest thing was that they were recording into an iPad. I loved it. So, you know, that was kind of something really cool that I I have not done, and I thought that was really neat. I used, um, I also use an H5 Zoom, which is a portable, uh, it's actually like a portable, um, like a, a portable interface, and it, it powers your your microphone. If you're using a, if you're using a, um, a, uh, a a microphone that needs um, 48 volts, right? If it needs phantom power, it's like this right here. And uh, it's really cool device because you can actually plug in your, your microphone right here. It's got two different jacks on it. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's fantastic. It records everything. It's silent. It runs on batteries, which means there's no noise to it. And it, it literally will record um, everything you need and it saves it as a WAV file, and then you can just take the uh, chip and put it into your computer and, and download the file into your DAW and go from there. So it really is an awesome thing. But figuring out your space, then what computer you're going to be using, whether it's a regular desktop computer with a tower, whether it's like a, a Mac or a laptop or even an iPad now or an H5 Zoom, there's many different ways you can record and what you can record on. Then you want to decide the mic that you have. So your setup really is the very first thing that you need to do when you get started. You have to pay attention. Now, listen, you don't have to spend a lot of money. I made, now I'm not saying this is ideal, but just starting out, I wasn't going to spend a great deal of money at all, right? Because I didn't know if I was going to be successful. Uh, So I went and I bought a $40 blue snowball microphone from Best Buy. It's a pretty good little mic. It's a USB. And then all of a sudden I heard about this thing called a pop filter. And I was like, what's well, a pop filter? I was like, okay, well, what is Because I kept getting these plosives, right? Plosives are when the air from your mouth, when you hit your, your P's and your T's and all this stuff, it's when that extra um, force of air comes from your mouth and it makes a popping sound or it makes a, a, a loud like boom sound in, in, in the audio f- with your, your air from your mouth hitting the mic. So a pop filter uh, puts a barrier between that. So when you are speaking, that air coming out does not 
add that extra boom to your to your sound. So I, I found that out. I was like, oh wow, okay, I need a pop filter. So I'd never I'd never seen one before. I mean, I was I was green as, as green could be as a voiceover artist. So I saw somebody with this thing about them saying, well, you can, you know, try to use other things to make what you need. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I was like, okay, well, I need something like uh, I could use a metal coat hanger. So I took a metal coat hanger and I, f- I formed it and fashioned it and made it into a circle and then a, a little piece that wrapped around the, um, my, my mic stand. And then I got a pair of pantyhose. <laughs> my wife let me use a pair of her pantyhose and I literally put that over it and doubled over and I had a really good pop filter. Uh, it was, it was actually worked really good. Um, <laughs> so that's, that was my setup. Uh, and I created, and on the snowball mic, it was nice because it does have a, I think it has a, um, a, a slot on the bottom that you can connect to a mic stand. So I connected it to a mic stand and, uh, you know, it turned out all right. I happened to be using Adobe products at the time for something else. And I didn't even know about Adobe audition, which is what I use. And that really, uh, was that, that now has become my, my, my absolute everything DAW. So at the time I didn't even know, but I had it and I was like, Oh, I have this. And that's the only reason why I didn't use audacity is because I have, I already had Adobe audition as part of something I was paying, even though I didn't know. So the thing that you want to do getting started is get your space, your equipment set up. And I'm going to tell you something, and this is key. And you're going to probably be like, I would have never considered this because I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it is. And I waited so long to do this and I should have done it from the beginning. You need to get studio monitors. Of all the stuff that you need to have, you need all that stuff. But studio monitors are so important. And the reason why is this. For the longest time, I used headphones or my computer to mix the sound and listen back to it. And I have to tell you, I could never get a really accurate, an accurate sound because everything was going through either being processed or my headphones, it was never clean enough. You know, like the sound always sounded different in my headphones. It was, it was odd, you know, depending on what headphones you have, headphones do a variety of different things, right? They, they do a variety of different things to the sound. If you're using your computer to listen back, your computer modifies the sound and does its own thing to make the sound, it makes it sound a certain way. So it's adding highs and lows to your, you know, without you being, without you even being able to control that. So you don't actually know what it really sounds like. So you need studio monitors to really get you what, you know, to get you the the actual crisp, clear sound that's happening. And you need it to be in some sort of space that's treated so that you can actually hear it correctly, all right? And that's so important. And it took me over a year to do this. And it wasn't until I got these studio speakers that I really heard what was going on and how much I was processing my work and how it sounded. Now, mind you, all this time I was still working, but never to the point where I was actually getting an explosion of business. Now, I'm not saying it's one thing or another, and it's because I got these studio monitors that my business started to blow up, but I can say that as soon as I fixed a lot of my audio problems, my business started to really skyrocket. So, you know, these things in the beginning, and I chinched on it. I mean, I did not get the studio speakers because the ones I have now, they're JBLs and they're, you know, about like $150 a piece. Or so, so it's like three hundred dollars. So I mean, that's expensive for speakers. And you might think of all the things I got to buy, I'm not going to buy speakers. 
But honestly, you guys, that's really big deal. Uh, I, I can't overstate that enough to get raw sound, the actual real sound, without it being uh, tainted at all by different settings that you can't control. So that was something. So, you know, all of that stuff starting out is really your most important thing. And then after you get all of that stuff set up, the next important thing is, is actually being able to record something and put it through a, a, a processing and mastering state and then being able to deliver that as a WAV file or an MP3. And there's so many different programs out there that you can use as a DAW, which is what we call digit, a digital audio workstation. And, you know, you can use, like I said, this, this gentleman I was working with today, he was using an iPad and he was using a program that I had never seen. And I thought it was cool, cool as hell. I mean, it was an awesome program. And it was just going through his iPad. And then he could mail it and he could upload it wherever he wanted to, a WAV file. And whatever, and whatever format or MP3 he wanted to, it was really fantastic. So, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff uh, to record your, your things, but you need to be able to record something and then be able to send it. The next thing you need to be able to do is you need to be able to, uh, or you need to find a place. I recommend one place. You need to find one site, one place to, to lay your hat for a hot minute so that you can actually spend time working it and getting good at it. I personally got set up on ACX. That was what I got set up as an audiobooks because I'd seen a video or something that said, you know, you can go to the site, it's free, you can set up and you can start auditioning. You can audition until the cows come home and if someone likes you, they're either going to pay you or offer you a royalty deal. It was it was a great way for me to to start doing work without actually having um, samples or, I mean, I had, I started making samples, you know, but without having like a professional demo or all this stuff, it was a way that I could get started right away. And lo and behold, I started getting business, you know, it might've been royalty share books or it might've been, you know, a couple hundred dollars here or there, but I started getting work and it really boosted my confidence. Right. And I started getting, I mean, you want to get some wins up front, right? No one likes to spend all this money and do all this stuff. And then, you know, do nothing and get no business over and over again, right? So the key was, the key for me was this. I spent no time making the decisions about where to put, maybe I should have spent more time, but in retrospect, I'm glad that I didn't. But I didn't spend too much time going to or figuring out where to put my stuff, building my booth, getting my mic, and starting to auditioning. Getting to auditioning as fast as you can as a beginner is key. You want to start auditioning right away because if you don't and you work on all this other stuff, it's great. It really is, you guys. It's, it's important to be able to, to have all the equipment, to be able to set up your booth right, to do all these things, to learn, take courses. Those are really important. But if, you, if you're not auditioning or you're not getting yourself out there and recording something and getting it out there to people, you're never going to get any work. So you've got to get it out there. You've got to rip the Band-Aid off and just start. If it sounds horrible, that's all right. Some sound is better than none to start. You've got to get it out there. So one of the things I think I was lucky, and I think I was just dumb, and that's why I did it, but either way, I'm very, I'm very happy that I did, was I started recording very quickly auditions on ACX, and I started getting a book here or there, and it boosted my confidence. Like that first book, I was like, I was like, yeah, I can really freaking do this. 
right? I'm not an idiot. Maybe I am meant to do this. Maybe I am meant to be a voiceover. Somebody liked me. Somebody wanted to hire me. And it was like, holy crap, I can, people want to actually work with me, you know? And that gave me confidence. And once I had that little bit of confidence, I wanted to do more. Then when I got another book, I wanted to do more. And it became this, this snowball. It became this obsession. What can I do? I'm actually, people actually think I'm good or they wouldn't be hiring me. Okay. Now, I mean, I wasn't knocking down the, you know, the gates of, of, um, you know, the, the gates of the golden city here, but I was getting work. And that's what you need to do. And the only way to do that is to get your butt out there and audition. Audition, audition, audition. Professional actors, right? They're not voiceover actors, but professional actors, like stage actors, not professional voice actors, but professional stage actors. They literally, a normal week for them is like 30 to 50 auditions, physical auditions. And they'll be lucky if they get a job out of that. Okay, now we have to audition a lot more sometimes or a lot less. I, my auditions on ACX was between, between 10 and 12 auditions, I would get a book deal. And it started to become regular. So I knew if I did 10 or 12 auditions, I would get a deal. So it was like, I got to just get to 10 or 12. I got to keep pumping them out. I got to keep pumping them out. And then through this process, something else happened. I started getting better, right? Fancy that. But I started getting better at the reading. The more I did, the more, I bet, the more better I got. You know, I mean, the more I read, the better I got at reading out loud. When I first started, I thought, God, I suck at reading out loud. I mean, you know, I'm a grown man and reading out loud, it sounds weird. And what am I doing? But the crazy thing was, is that the more I did, the better I got, the more comfortable. It was like the more confidence I got. So the more I did, the more confident I became, the more confident I became, it spurred in me more excitement to do more. The action of doing more sparked an action of me wanting to do more. It sparked the emotion, the feeling of me wanting to do more. So the key for you is, is to get auditioning as soon as possible. Don't wait. Don't wait because it's like, it's like a wall. Every day you wait, another brick goes on that wall. Another day goes by another brick. Another day goes by another brick. Until all this time has gone by and this massive wall stands between you and getting started. Start when there's not a wall. Start from the beginning. Get yourself out there. Break down the few bricks that are there. All right. And and kick some butt. Okay. <laughs> that was that was getting it. That that was getting on my 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 pedestal and really uh, uh preaching there. So I hope that this helps. <laughs> and I hope that you guys can kind of see the first steps that you need to take are all of these things that I mentioned. But the biggest step is, is to get all these things done quickly so that you can start auditioning. Now, I'm not saying throw things together haphazardly, but the reality is, is the whole point of us doing this is to audition and get work. And the more time we spend not doing that, the bigger that wall, the bigger that wall is built, right? And the harder it is to break it down. So just remember that, okay? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. This is number 70. Can you believe it? Number 70. I'm so excited about it. Uh, I want to take a moment to ask everybody, if you can, please go ahead and, and join you know, the Facebook group. It's a VO's Journey. Uh, it's a Facebook group. We have a great community there. Also, 
you know, step out, join my Instagram account. It's a VO's journey on Instagram as well as Twitter. Both of them, it's all the same, a VO's journey. And uh, join it there. I mean, it post videos, short clips, all kinds of cool stuff and do a lot of things that, um, you know, I, I that that's neat because you get to see behind the scenes and different stuff from here and there in the short clips. So join those spots. Love to have you. Uh, check out avosjourney.com as well. It's our website. And thank you so much for stopping by and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace.